Hey everyone, I'm Joe. And I'm Jamil. And we're Brothers Who Teach. Welcome everyone to episode 38 of Brothers Who Teach. Jamil, an- another week down. We're inching nearer and nearer to uh, to the end of the school year. We are. Um, it was a good week. We actually had a head of school holiday. So on Thursday after chapel, they announced that the rest of the day would be off and the students would get to kind of do like water games and the cafeteria laid out all kinds of snacks and stuff. It's like the worst kept secret when it happens, but it's a cool way to to rest and recharge. And that was a, a kind of a fun spot for the weekend week for me. So the students didn't know that they were getting the afternoon off? They knew. I mean, everyone like had done, they they tried to say, well, we don't know when it's going to be, but there's just different things that happen that indicate it's it's about to, ha- it's which day it's going to happen on. And it's funny, they don't actually officially tell the faculty either. So we're all trying to like do the math about like, okay, when, when uh, is it most likely that it makes sense for us to have a day off? Oh, there's a mechanical bull outside this dorm room. So <laughs> hmm, I wonder what that's doing there. Yeah, I guess that's a pretty uh, pretty big giveaway. Yeah, a little bit. I uh, I had a pretty good week too. We we had our first two tennis matches. Um, we we lost we lost both matches, but we we had a few positives in there. We lost the first match five zero, but the second match was three two, and we have uh, we have some positives, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, but also another highlight this um, this weekend, I got invited by like a local friend to go to a local bar in which I took public transportation and I yeah. watched the Celtics, the Red Sox and the Bruins all on separate uh, <laughs> TVs. And even though the Celtics lost, like I felt like this was my christening weekend of like I'm officially a member of the city of Boston. You're a Bostonian. Yeah. Well, once the accent starts uh, settling in, then we'll know it's it's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm still pronouncing my eyes, so uh, yeah, I got to right. work on that. Right. And this week, I've actually got two of my current students from BTA to uh, to talk about what life's like as a as a high schooler. So with us today, we have two sophomores who are in my honors algebra two class. We have Trix Franks and Xavier Rivera. So. Both of you, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Hello. Thanks. And Joe, they told me they told me you freaked them out when you uh, had to ask them to be on the pod. They thought they were in trouble because you you asked them to stay after class. Yes, yes, they exhibited some very very poor behavior of diligently doing their work all class long. <laughs> yes, they also told me that I got a violation for being being a little bit late to the podcast today. So um, I'm dealing with that. So. Trix and Xavier, you're both very, very involved in extracurricular activities. I know that you were both in the play. Trix, you were the lead uh, as Oliver. Xavier, I forget the role you played, but you were very, very good in it. Um, Fairly forgettable, though. I just forget the name of the character. Um, (laughs) But it was was wonderful. Uh, I enjoyed watching it a lot. Xavier, you play soccer and baseball tricks you're playing tennis on my team as well and xavier you just had like uh, a declamation in which you gave a speech in front of 
the whole class. So you guys are very, very involved, not just in your schoolwork, but things outside of the classroom. Given all the things that you've did done throughout the year, what would you say was the most difficult of the uh, most difficult time of the year for you? Um, I can go first. Um, it was definitely the play time because um, it was just for me. It was staying after school like every day till five forty-five, pretty much. And then there's a lot of Saturdays that we're also giving up for practice and stuff like that. So it was definitely that time period. But I think that kind of forced me to be a lot more prompt with my homework. So I actually got it done really quickly because I didn't procrastinate as much because I knew that I didn't have any time to procrastinate. And so it was difficult, but I, I think I actually did my stuff faster than I did throughout the rest of the year. Xavier? I would uh, have to agree with Trix. It was most definitely the drama season especially since it was my first time ever doing high school drama, doing it like for copious amounts of hours after school every day, Saturdays, it was, it was a new experience. And at first I was really stressed about it, but then I kind of mellowed out and I was just really super excited for the end product. And that was really what got me through it. The excitement, the idea of that we're going to be putting on a performance the beginning of March and I was like, no matter what or what it takes, I will get to that. And so that really drives me to just do all my homework, get everything, everything done and just to pursue it. I'm curious since both of you were in the, the play and you said that was the most stressful or most difficult time, but you're also athletes. What about the the play or maybe just that season of the year made it more difficult than now when you're or whenever you're in your sport because I'm assuming that's also after school every day um for me it a lot of it had to do with there's a lot more like mental energy going into um acting than to um tennis yeah and and just the fact that I was giving away a lot of my Saturdays as well which are usually my rest days yeah and Oliver was kind of a very physical play as well. So like me, me and Xavier, we did a lot of fighting. I did enjoy the scene where you were kind of basically getting a piggyback ride from, from Xavier. And that was, that was a good time. Yeah. So, so you're saying you, you poured your heart out into the Oliver performance, but you aren't pouring your heart and soul out into tennis? what it sounds like to me not putting her her mental energy into it either i guess that's understandable <laughs> so were you guys able to keep you, you said that you were really really prompt, prompt with doing your schoolwork during the playtime did that um like diligence and continuing to get your work done really really quick did that continue after the play was over or once when you found that you had a little bit more time were you able to take your did you take your time a little bit more? Or did you keep those study habits the same? I think for me, it definitely did get less and less that I would do my homework quickly, like more quickly. I would go home and since I had so much time, be like, try to have more time to myself because I also rarely do that. So I started kind of giving myself a little bit of time to just relax. And then I go to my homework instead of just doing it so diligently. And 
uh, every night after drama, I would take a break, sit down, maybe eat first, and then do the homework before I continued to actually do it. Like as soon as I sat down, as soon as not even like taking off my jacket, it'd be like right into my homework. I think um, mine, like Xavier's, definitely mellowed out. Like I stopped being as onto it as I was before, but I think from the experience, I really got an appreciation for doing it quickly that I hadn't had before. Cause I realized that I had even during a uh, drama period, like the drama time, I had a lot of time to myself cause I wasn't procrastinating a lot. So I learned to appreciate it, but I did chill out my habits. I'm curious, do you have tools to stay organized with? Do you have like a planner or do you have um, like an online thing that your school displays your homework assignments on? Is there something you use for like, all right, here's my what's going on today or like calendar reminders? How do you all do it? I use a planner. I couldn't go a day without my planner. So just after every class in school, I just write down whatever homework and I can use Blackboard, which is the online site that we use. Yeah. But I don't use it as much as I use my planner because I, I usually just have I have written down whatever it says there. And a lot of teachers don't put up the homework on Blackboard. So mm-hmm. what's that face for, Joe? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Are you expected to or is it just like if you don't mind, it would be nice if you did. We are we are expected to. Um it has been a shortcoming of mine in my first year of, of, uh, of being at BTA. I, I think I would say I'm at about 70% success rate, but there are a few things here and there that I uh, forget to put on the blackboard in advance. Now, if you don't do that, have your students argued and said like, Mr. Brenneman, it's not on the blackboard. It's not official. I got all right, I had one student do that recently, even <laughs> though I had written down and I had reiterated multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Um, it, it, so we, we had a four-day weekend. On Thursday, I had written down that we were having a quiz on Tuesday. And I, I said yeah, yeah. so many times, we've got a quiz on Tuesday. And then the student on Tuesday was surprised. Yeah. But she still, right. she still did fine on the quiz. So it wasn't, okay. it wasn't the worst thing ever. Yeah. Sorry, Xavier, you got cut off. Go ahead and, and answer from your perspective. I was just going to say I have a very um, interesting way about staying organized. Some teachers would say I am disorganized in my way of being organized. <laughs> I, unlike Trix, I do not use a planner or even really vividly look at Blackboard at all except for grades, it's very, it's, I I take mental notes, a lot of like, oh, this is what we have to do. This is what we have to do in each class. And for me, it works, even though it's nothing like, I'm not like keeping track of anything on paper. I'm keeping it in my head and I'm doing all the work. And I just, after every day, I'm going through each class I had in my head, making sure I know Oh, that's the assignment I have. That's when a quiz is. And so I'm never like caught off guard. And if I am, I still have like some mental note that I'm not like completely like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I said, I always think, oh, I had some idea. So I know I prepared for this at least a little bit beforehand. Mm-hmm. I've got to admit, I, I was more of a Xavier than a Trix 
in high school. I, think I was going to ask you. Yeah. I would start every year with the planner and I'd write things down. And by like, maybe not even week two, I would just like, yeah, I mean, there was a mental thing of like every day I'd run down like, okay, what's my math homework? What's my science homework? What's my history homework? And and just like check off the boxes. And, I, you know, it sounds crazy looking back, like for me, considering my students now, I, I would hope they don't do that. But it just, I was able to keep it all in front of me and like, just remember, I, I don't know, maybe just like less than a handful of times I actually forgot an assignment, but um I think maybe the the reason was also if I if I literally put everything on the planner and then I forget to put something on the planner and that's my only place that I'm looking for my assignments then I could you could slip up that way. So it's not foolproof but I think also our workload was a little bit less than mm. the kids at our schools. <laughs> um, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I, I I never remember being like overwhelmed with ho- with homework and yeah. I think that that does happen with kids at BTA and maybe at Christ school as well. Yeah. Our, our school, it's very expected. You put the assignments online and that's kind of a point of contention. Cause I think, yeah, there's times where as a teacher, I've done this or other teachers have done this where they've said, this is the assignment. And like, you maybe even talk about it, you explain it in class. So it's very obvious that it is expected to be done, but you don't remember to put it in on campus or you put the date wrong or something. And, uh, and now there's this question of like, well, I didn't see it. It wasn't on there. And I think, you know, there are times where I think as a teacher, you could say like too bad, like you should have been listening. And other times where you're, you say, you're right. I, I didn't post that. I didn't really explain it in class. I'll give you grace on this occasion. Mm-hmm. So, um, back to you two tricks and Xavier, like we said, we, the workload at BTA is pretty substantial. So like about how much time each night are you spending on homework? How much time are you spending with your family? And how much time do you usually find for yourself? Or does it vary from day to day or from time to time of, of the year? Um, I try. I mean, I think the amount of homework I do, it's really hard to measure because I do it like on the kitchen island in my kitchen with all my family around me. So I have that family time, which is actually really nice because I used to do it in my room and I felt really isolated. Um, And I can block out noise really easily. So it's just nice to have that kind of background chatter for me. Um, But it's hard to measure because I procrastinate really badly, which I told before. So I don't know how much of my homework time is me procrastinating and how much is it actually doing my homework. But I'd say maybe three hours, um, two and a half. Um, And so that's my homework time. And then whatever time I have left, I spend downstairs with my family around me. And the free time that I get is not, it's not every day for sure. It's maybe one day of the week and Saturdays. and Sundays, but that's usually homework as well. Um, so wh- whenever I do have the free time, I try to read, just sit down with like some tea and read on the couch. It's really nice. But if I'm not reading, I also paint, which is a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Two great hobbies. For me, homework wise, because of my schedule and how uh, things uh, went this year, 
I usually always have a free period during the day. And so I always try to get as much homework as I can during that period. And so usually when I get home, it's about maybe an hour, hour and a half of homework that I spend. I do it in my room because there's a desk in my room. So I'll spend that time doing it. I'll spend that time doing homework, listening to music just to help me focus. And then after that, since my siblings both have also have a lot of extracurriculars outside of school, sometimes one of them might not be home or both of them might not be home. And so often I'll go upstairs. I'll maybe eat. Sometimes we'll eat dinner as a family, but usually it might be like my brother is sitting down with me and I'll sit down, we'll eat dinner. And then we just go our separate ways. I go back downstairs, spend some free time with myself, which can vary a lot. I do watch a lot of um, videos online on YouTube or I'll listen to a lot of music because I don't know. Music just helps me think, especially when I'm going to like write in my journal, which I do quite often during my free time. I'll just write in it or read previous entries, just trying to see where I was at a point before and now where I am now. Or I'll just sit down and fiddle with my guitar or try to write a song or two in my free time. That's cool. Yeah, I think that we can relate to the family not just kind of seeing each other on uh passing through because of all the extracurricular activities going on jamil it felt like your senior year my freshman year like did we ever actually sit down for for dinner with well yeah mom and dad? like yeah fall fall and and winter you know both of us are having soccer practice get home eat go do homework, go to, go to sleep. I mean, my senior year, I had, I had several APs that I was taking. So that was, were taking up a lot of my time. And then yeah, winter, same thing with, with basketball and those, you know, I was varsity, you were freshman team. Like those are very different schedules. And then I think the spring probably lightened up and it was cool. We were able to play tennis on the, on the varsity team together. And that, that schedule is just a little less intense. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of that, but you know, it's also all those things are taking up your mental space. So you're not thinking about like, Oh, you know, where was dinner tonight? Or like, why, why weren't we all at the table? It's like, Oh, well, I'm already thinking about my homework or I'm trying to get to bed. Right. So you two are, are only in the 10th grade, so it might be a little bit early, but have you started considering life after high school? I have, <clears throat> I, yeah, I've thought about like colleges and stuff and even what career I want to do past that. And um, right now I'm trying to think of what colleges I would not, I don't really want to do an Ivy league because I found that they don't really, they don't really foster learning as a source of like joy or something that's actually interesting besides getting you what you, (laughs) besides getting you like what, you are able to do to get further in society. But um, so I'm trying to think of colleges that would actually like foster my love of learning and love of the subjects that I'm um, interested in at the time. And yeah, and the the career that I'm thinking of would be more artistic, but I have a lot of things I want to do. So nothing set in stone at all. For for me, Life after high school is actually 
a big thing I think about not only just like colleges and what I want to do, but also like the friendships and the relationships that I hope to still have after I graduate. And after we, after everyone in our class goes separate ways, I hope that friendship still remains. And college wise, unlike tricks, I do think of Ivy leagues as well as some smaller colleges. I do have a big idea of what I want to study uh, tech major. I want to go to college, just in psych, and then hopefully be a therapist because I think mental, mental health is a really big thing to me. And to help other people with that would be a blessing for me. That's, uh, those are some of the most mature answers I think I've heard <laughs> to that question in a very long time. Also, I'm guessing... Just from the sound of it, it seems like those are very much your own thoughts on the matter. And you're not feeling pressure from either like parents to start thinking about this or from, I don't know, your peers. But those are kind of how you've come about the conversation. I definitely think that my parents have been very good about not forcing like a certain career or like even like academics, even though they're both really like they have a lot of achievements in the academic yeah. realm. So I I really appreciate that about them. And I think it's really helped me develop what I want to do personally. Awesome. Could you guys tell me about, you know, it, it's, it's been a while since I've been your age. I'm entered a new decade recently. So people keep reminding me about my age, but um, is there a difficulty for kids your age that you kind of feel like is being overlooked by, it could be teachers or just adults in general? Definitely, as Xavier was saying, I mean, it's not overlooked overlooked per se, but it's still one of the things that people our age struggle with very intimately. It's definitely mental health. And I think especially at academically rigorous schools like the one that we go to, I think it's really easy to slip into like mental health issues because you're having a lot of work and not a lot of time for yourself. And um and I'm, I'm really thankful that we do have ac- academic rigor, but I think it's just a slippery slope sometimes with people who don't, um, like, just with some people. And um, so there's that. And there's also just the fact that I feel like a lot of the times people who are older than us, um, it's easy for them to think that we don't have very mature problems. But I, I found that a lot of my classmates are going through really tough things that are, like, tough for anyone at any age and that it's kind of hard for people to take them seriously because it's just, it seems like such a grown up pain, but it's really something that people, kids our age go through and go through really deeply because, because we're so young. I agree with uh, tricks 100% uh, about the mental health. It's not overlooked, but it is such a huge problem just in general within our generation. But I think the one thing that helps at this school is just the whole community and the whole student body. Everyone is just so loving of one another and is there for one another. So it's, it can be a struggle. It can be hard, but everyone's reaching out, making sure each person's okay and not just looking at them and leave them, leaving them to feel that way all by themselves. And I think that's a really good thing about BTA, that we're connected in a really good way. 
Yeah, I've, I've I've been thinking about this, especially the fact that every kid is required to either to be in a sport like that. Just that aspect takes away a feeling of isolation. I would feel um, could you guys just talk about a little bit, Xavier? I know that you were at another school for a brief period of time, and then you came back to uh, to BTA. Could you talk about what were some of the differences between kind of the culture of the school you were at before and the uh, and the culture of BTA? Well, I think generally, just behavioral wise, it was very different. It was, there was a lot of really disrespect of the teachers in general, just blatant walking out of the classrooms, ignoring the teacher, not listening to what they say. And also just, there was also a lot of like a sense of like hatred in the air almost. And you could see some people always fighting and that wasn't a good atmosphere to be around and then coming back to bta it was a complete switch everyone like i said before was really loving but then at the other school there was always arguments and strife between groups of people and even sports wise it doesn't feel as connected as it does at BTA. It felt almost like some people just didn't want to be there mm-hmm. at all. Well, you may have that sometimes. It's not like I don't want to be here because of the people on the team. It's It was just really interesting just watching the shift of like the difference between the old school and BTA because it was like a complete 180. Well, we're we're glad to have you back. That's that's for sure. You've and you I feel like you contribute a good deal to the culture at BTA as well. So we appreciate both of the um both of you for and and, and what you bring to uh to BTA's culture. And thanks for thanks for sharing that stuff. I think as teachers it's pretty easy. Well, as humans, I think it's pretty easy to be kind of in your own world, thinking about your own problems. And if you run into somebody else, you're not really thinking about, well, what are they going through right now? What might be uh, weighing on their uh, weighing on their minds that are affecting them uh, or affecting their perform- performance when it comes to students. And I think, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, like, I think students a lot of times are really good at hiding this stuff. They walk into my classroom and I have expectations for them. And generally they deliver on those expectations. So I don't really get a sense of like, man, what crazy story did he just hear about his friends or just someone at the school, um, whether whether it's getting in trouble or family issues or, you know, breaking up with a significant other, that kind of stuff. And I'm guessing, but feel free to to speak to this if there's like trends in any one direction, but I'm guessing part of the difficulty is these strains on mental health can come from so many different places. It can come from academic stress, athletic stress. Like if you put a lot of pressure on yourself as an athlete, um, peer pressure, social media pressure, like body image stuff, bullying, cyberbullying. I'm guessing, you know, there's a gamut. So it's hard to also like really pinpoint one thing. 
Yeah, it definitely is hard to, I mean, as someone who's just around my classmates and just around all these people who have all these issues, it's really hard to um, just kind of pick through because there's, because everyone around me, um, everyone just has problems and like has difficulties and the fact that it's everywhere and because first of all that um, mental health is so high this generation um, and second of all just because that's the nature of things I suppose we all have um, struggles it's it's really hard to kind of be there for everyone mm -hmm. sometimes because you don't you can't pick out what's like important because everyone is struggling with something yeah yeah, Joe, I wonder, you know, we're like, a, I mean, a generation removed. So we're not, it's not super big of a gap. But I wonder if just these conversations and situations are different than when we were in high school. Even just a sense of it being out in the open a little bit more about like different struggles. I mean, I, I know there were st struggles about students with like anxiety and, and mental health. It, the word mental health maybe wasn't used as much, but like you'd hear about like kids that need to visit the school counselor or who were depressed or things like that. But I think it's becoming a more open conversation. And so, you know, you talk tricks about how everyone's got something. And I wonder if even that is something that's more out there in the open now that people are willing to to share with each other about versus like, I don't know, Joe, I don't know if I would have said like, everyone i don't know that i was exposed to everyone's issues and difficulties that they were going through and so i wonder if sharing yeah it puts it out there more like there's more there's more cases of people who are going through a tough time but it's also like a way that you can share with each other and maybe carry each other's burdens so to speak yeah i think i think there is definitely a change in how open people have become and talking about things that things that they're going through and in a lot of ways that's that's good for people to get off their chest but also i think as we get more empathetic i think people are starting like other people's baggage is also weighing on them so it's great that, we, that we're becoming more empathetic i think that that has led to i mean i i've i've asked a few of the kids who live at the house if if bullying is that much of an issue at bta and um, you know, it can be tough for students coming from a different continent who some of them aren't great with the language like that, that those two things can really lead to bullying in a lot of places. And fortunately, they've said that they really haven't felt that that's been an issue at yeah, the school. Yeah. So like, I think that BTA, at least they have that going for them where uh, I I think it, it it really doesn't feel like bullying is that much of an issue at the school, which is fantastic. Trix, Xavier, would you guys agree with that? I would 100%. I, it never really was much of an issue at all, especially even in middle school, when I guess I almost feel like kids are a little more vicious. But um, there was nothing like that at all. And it was really interesting because coming from the school I went to before, when I was in fifth grade, I had gotten bullied and I almost had an expectation of going to VTA that it was just going to continue. 
And then I went there and it was just everyone being like, oh my gosh, hi, nice to meet you. My name's this, my name's that. And it's just, it was really welcoming instead of what I expected it to be. And I think that's kind of what got me hooked into being there, to wanting to stay there, wanting to graduate there. That's awesome. All right, let's 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 shift a little bit. Can uh, can you two tell us what, what have been the highlights of the year so far? It could be something that BTA uh, put on, or it could be just like a personal achievement for you from this year. Um, I have a lot. Oh, they're very eager to answer this one. (laughs) (laughs) So many highlights. Um, Chronologically, uh, just this year, um, the homecoming dance was an amazing experience with everyone there. It was it wasn't just kids from um, school, but also kids that had gone here but left other kids that like they brought in and it was just a really good vibe and I still have pictures from it. I'll probably have those pictures for the rest of my life. It was a really fun event and as well, the homecoming game. That was, it was a phenomenal game. We had, we had a few hiccups, but it was a beautiful game and I'll always remember it. We won three, two. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did. And then Another game that really that will stick to stick with me was our second game against Brimmer in May. We played, we lost that game, and some people always look at me when I say that's my favorite game. They were like, "But you <laughs> lost." But I, I tell them it was one hundred percent the game we put all our effort into. Like you could physically see it off of. Each and every one of us after that game, we were sweating. It was steam coming off of us. We literally looked like we were coming off a battlefield. And I just was so proud of myself. I was so proud of the team. We we shocked the other team. I remember I got got a save and just the striker looked right at me, mouth wide open, just like, (laughs) oh my gosh. And then... (laughs) How did that game end? And... Game ended, I think I think it was three four. Wow. So we lost. And then I think I have drama. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I was not only doing the play, but being backstage, you create such a beautiful atmosphere and such an incredible bond with the people backstage. Because you're just you're all sitting there. Some of you guys are really nervous about to go on. Some of you guys are freaking out, and you're like drinking tea, making sure your voice is okay, making sure you have everything memorized, getting your costume all set, and you're just like looking at each other. And you all know you're going to be fine, even though you're mm-hmm. freaking out because everyone's like, "You're going to do awesome. You're going to do awesome." You come off, everyone's cheering you on, and then leaving, get walking out from backstage into the fans and the applause, just the congratulations was, it was beautiful. And then the after party <laughs> was <laughs> tricks. nose. it was, it was an interesting after party. <laughs> Leave it at that, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it was definitely, I hate to be such a theater kid, but it was definitely Oliver. 
um, Sager's right. Like the community and the BTA drama program is amazing. Mrs. Belk was amazing. Um, backstage, as he was saying, like right before the shows, we'd like get in a circle and we'd pray. And um, it was just, we were all nervous, but we were all like powering through it and supporting each other. And it was really special. And then of course, just acting was so much fun. And Xavier's, Xavier and I scenes were probably one of the more fun scenes. Um, and then as he was saying, getting out and like having my family there to talk to me about it, just to unpack the, the show. And then the after party, which I'm actually going to get into, <laughs> um, where it was basically us just sobbing for like oh. three hours, actually. Like we were doing speeches and all of us were crying. And then we were supposed to leave like an hour. Um, we, were, we were supposed to leave. And then we ended up staying for an extra hour, just like hugging and saying goodbye. And so just the community that was able, that was built through that experience was something that I've never experienced before. And it's continued into like school life. Like I say hi to the people in the hallways all the time. I made friends with a lot of seniors that I would have never made friends with. Mm -hmm. um, it's just amazing. And the way that it's connected to my faith, it's definitely made my faith so much stronger. And then my second highlight would be fire nights that happened like right after the play, which um, it, it again just solidified like the fact that I was growing into my faith in a way that I never had before. And so this year has been really special for me um, in that way. Fire nights. Oh, fire nights was it was a night that was it was a student led prayer meeting after school. And it was just we just prayed together. And again, the sense of community and love that had been in the after party carried through to like um, fire nights. And I realized that like I was in the I was in the presence of like God's love, like God's community that's holding us together. And it was just amazing. That's, that's cool. Awesome. I mean, I, to go back to the homecoming thing. I think Joe and I appreciate that coming from a football town where all the main events were around, you know, the big football games and stuff. I, I've now been able to witness a, uh, a homecoming that was centered around a soccer match. Uh, our, our school went and played a team at their homecoming and it's such an awesome atmosphere. So the chance to have that around a, a soccer game, I, I, I'm, Happy for you, Xavier, that you got to go through. Uh, uh, yeah, that you got to go through that. So very cool. Yeah, we had we had the entire school actually walk over to to the field because it was it was like a three thirty game. It was like right after school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everybody walked over, and we just like packed the place out, and we had face paint going on. We had chants. <laughs> we had we had the whole thing going. It was yeah. It was it was really cool. That's great. All right, can you guys tell us a funny story from uh, being at BTA? I have one. I have. <laughs> I love this. I, it's it's not about me, but it's about one of the seniors. Uh, okay. Sure and okay with you telling this story, like embarrassing <laughs> over the airways, so to speak. It's not embarrassing at all. It's 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 just his his quirkiness. He we were doing drama, and we were backstage. And every and every night for him to get ready, he like he would listen to music. He'd like put it put his earphones on and listen to music. But he'd also walk. 
and we sometimes he would just walk and he would disappear he would be walking in the grotto outside of school it'd be like five minutes to the play we'd be like where is he where did he go and we'd be running around looking for him and then disappear out of nowhere be like hi i'm here and we'd be like where did you go where did you (laughs) and And he always did amazing of course yeah (laughs) so he needed it but he just always disappeared and we'd always be stressed about where he went tricks what's your funny story from bta okay um so mine also connects to the play um it was the day that we got our castings um so i had just been told i was oliver and i was very emotional i was very happy um and then my dad came in and then some of the students took this video that I will cherish for the rest of my life, but it was just a video of me crying. And in the background, like you hear who was taking the the picture, who was taking the video. He was like, keep crying, keep crying. (laughs) I got to get this moment. Um, And so it's great. It's a super funny video and it's like, it's just amazing. (laughs) All right. And, and, and your dad works at the school. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great time. And. Joe, you dodged a bullet asking your own students for funny stories and they didn't have any have any to put on you. I'm uh very fortunate. Well, well, like, was it yesterday? Um, he Uh-oh. told us that no, 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 it might have been two days ago. He told us that um his birthday was a week ago, and everyone was shocked because we had no idea. He didn't say anything. And Classic. so we were just like, What? Your birthday was last week? Yeah. Yeah. I told him. They asked, why didn't you tell us? I said, you didn't ask. <laughs> like they should every day, right? Just in yeah. case. I mean, if they want to know something, they can ask. Yeah. As teachers, we can only help you if you ask about it. That's true. And you're you're lucky. You got a, you got a summer birthday. Am I lucky? I never got to celebrate like whenever they bring treats to the students or the teachers who have birthdays during, during the school year. I guess as a student, that yeah, because then. Yeah. You can. I always felt like I missed, I missed out on that. But you got the warm weather. You could be outside on your birthday. That's true. That's true. I always enjoy my birthday. Yeah. Fortunately, it was actually really hot the day of my birthday. It was like it was almost ninety degrees it in really, Boston. Really hot. It was really hot over yeah. here in Boston by the day of my birthday. Yeah. Okay. It's a good time. Yeah. All right, tricks. Xavier, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, I understand. I, I'm sure that this was kind of out of your comfort zone, but y'all killed it. It was a good time. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, after everything you all described, I think this may might have been underwhelming. I mean, it, compared to like the lead role at a school play, <laughs> I mean, if they're equally, then I, I feel very much like that's a compliment. But <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm guessing it was pretty chill once we got started. But yeah, thanks for coming on and good luck with the rest of your year and good luck uh, surviving Mr. Renneman's Honors Algebra 2 class. We're going to need it. Now we got a quiz coming up on Tuesday. (laughs) Thank you. By the way, if you ever feel like, you know, you need to explore other foreign languages and you want to study Arabic, we have a boarding school down here at Christ School. And if you... What are you doing? You could be the first students to ever... Take both Mr. Brenneman's and we could actually like have a little uh, compare and contrast going on. 
What are you doing? Are you trying to to post my kids? Absolutely. I might have to take you up on that offer. (laughs) Arabic sounds interesting. How could I refuse? It's awesome, yeah. Great teacher, too. (laughs) Decent teacher. (laughs) Um, Is it time for trivia, Joe? It's time for trivia. And I've got to be honest. um, I think... You're going to struggle with this one. Chat GPT has really upped its game and we continue to miss. Although I was very close last week. You were very strict on the the year window you gave me on that Star Wars question. But if you don't get it, I mean, our guests, for all I know, they might have a better chance of getting this than you. So, okay, we'll we'll, we'll give you first stab at it. I might have to phone a friend. Yeah, let's see I, I, I definitely I do not know this one. So what is the name of the largest moon of Saturn? Oh, this was a crossword. I saw this in a crossword the other day. What? It's Titan. Titan. That is correct. Let's go. <laughs> what an upset. <laughs> Dang. Crosswords. And got it from the crossword. Mm-hmm. Largest moon of Saturn. Wow. So I've got another LaCroix to drink this week. Trick Xavier, did either of you know that? No, I had no idea. <laughs> I had, I think I had an inkling. I don't, I do know moons, just crosswords probably don't though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know, Mr. Brenneman and I are both big on trivia of all kinds, so. Well, I've I've got Xavier in my advisory. Okay. Sometimes for, for fun, I'll just pull up a crossword and see see what they can do. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. Tricks, Xavier, thanks again for coming on to the pod. We always finish uh, with our calling card, which is we we tell our listeners to learn them good. For, so uh, we always have our listener or our, our guests will sign off with that. So if you could uh, finish us off with a learn them good. At the same time, should we count down? Sure. Oh, learn them good on three. <laughs> Learn them good on three. One, okay. two, three. Learn them good. Learn them good. <laughs> that, that was perfectly synced in as as far as Zoom goes. So, yeah, I was gonna say. I was, hopefully, it was good. All right, see you, everyone. Hey, thanks, thanks a lot, y'all. Thank you, thank you. Dennis Rodman went to Las Vegas during the NBA finals for the Chicago Bulls. So, I mean, true. maybe something to it, like let them go do their own thing. Get away, get away. And deliver. I don't know if y'all get that reference or not. I'm probably too young. Uh. <laughs> he was a crazy basketball player for the, for the Bulls. And in the middle of the NBA finals, he just disappeared off to Las Vegas for, for a day. And, showed up two days later and played great. And I don't know whose fault it is that we went from 9 a.m. back to 10 a.m., but y'all made me wake up early. But uh, someone, someone. <laughs> you were up watching Premier League anyway. Yeah. Technically, whatever. it's my dad's fault. Okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hold that grudge against him and not you. All right, All right y'all. Have a good weekend. Right. See you, everyone. You too. Bye. See you.